0: So, we've been on a little journey uh, with Jockey, uh, Milan, and myself, and we've been walk, working with, uh, with the elders and the groundbreakers team. And uh, we've had uh, about four sessions, four evening sessions, had some wonderful meals together and chatting. And uh, this coming, not this weekend, but the next weekend, we are embarking on a Zoe discipleship course. There's a, a pilot course happening that uh, we are going to be introducing in the years. And it's a discipleship program in which uh, disciples, we are the disciples, are trained to disciple others and lead each other, lead the newcomers which are going to come, the lost which are going to come, as we be Jesus. As we, as we look like Jesus, we are going to change our community. I can believe for our little community that as we walk with Jesus, we're going to impact and make a huge difference. And what uh, Ayanda said about presence, that's what we need, the presence of God. And that's the joy of what we have. We have Holy Spirit living in us. We we can make a difference wherever we go. And so we also need prayer for, for that, and we'll... Uh, probably pray next week as it is the following week. So, have I lost my newsletter? Because I can't remember what I said last week. Who's got a newsletter? I had it with me here a second ago. Thank you very much. Or the week before. (laughs) <laughs> I lose everything I had. It It was yeah. Right now, it was a second ago, did it. Oh, you did take it. Oh! <laughs> so I kind of uh, been stuck in Two Kings, chapter five, and uh, this will probably be the third time we kind of look at it and open it, and and it's it's, it's a really exciting uh, adventure. Uh, and last week we highlighted the difference between. Naaman and Gehazi, so Naaman is the, is the enemy of Israel, Naaman is this big general, he's the, the field marshal in charge of the army of Assyria, of Aram, and uh, then there's Elisha's servant Gehazi, and uh, the amazing thing is that Naaman encountered Jesus. Naaman encountered God. He, he, he found God in his need. He went to where God alone could save and heal. And so he had leprosy, so he needed to go. He needed to go and be healed. He needed to find life. And he did there, and he had a change of mindset. He suddenly understood that we've been singing about there's no other God you're alone, or the, or the God of, 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 of Israel. You are the lone, the God who is alive. I don't know whether any of you watched the, the kind of haka yesterday, and they, what they're doing there, they're calling the, the, the war gods as they, as they do that thing. They're calling the war gods. And the war gods didn't help them, they lost. <laughs> And so Naaman went to the God of Israel, and he found God. But Elisha, Gehazi's servant, missed God. Why did he miss God? Because of his greed, because he was looking for the world to satisfy him. He wanted some of what Naaman had. He wanted some of the riches of Naaman. And so he missed God. There was lust and greed in his heart. And what did it equate to? It equated to him becoming leprous. And so that's the story. It's a beautiful story. uh, A humbling story. A difficult story. But I love uh, the summary here. Naaman left with a new perspective of God and life. A new attitude towards his possessions. A humbleness of heart and a clean bill of health. That's what he left with, encountering God. That's what you and I leave when we encounter God, when we encounter the living God. That's what we, will, we leave with. We leave with healing. We leave with life. We leave with forgiveness. Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Don't forget any of his benefits. What does he do? He heals all our diseases. He forgives our sins as far as the east is from the west. That is what he does. So let's not miss God because of our attitudes, because of our arrogance, because of just we think we're great. Let's not miss Him. Let's humble ourselves and, and, and come to the foot of the cross and find life and find, and find Jesus there. The hero of this story in actual fact is the young girl. She's somewhere between 10 and 15. One of these, they're going on a, on a, uh, on a youth camp, they're going on this Alpha camp down the coast, and that's, that's the kind of age she would have been. She would have been young. and So we just pray again. We ask, Lord, that for all those young people to encounter Jesus, to come away with a different attitude, a different mindset, with healing, with, with, with a, a perception of Jesus. Bless them, Lord. Bless them. And so uh, this young girl was taken captive, and she was now a servant. She was a slave in the house of of Naaman. She is at the bottom of the bottom. First of all, she is of the wrong race. Secondly, she is a slave, and slaves did not have any rights. Thirdly, she is a woman. And fourthly, she is young. And in those days, to be young and to be a, to be a woman uh, and, and a slave, that, wasn't, that, was, that was the bottom of the bottom. Everything had been taken away from her. She had been captured from her home. And who is responsible for this? Who is responsible for her state of life, for the circumstances that she finds herself? It's Naaman, her master. That's who it is. How did she respond? How do you respond in the circumstances that life throws at you? How do you respond when it's not going like you want it? She did not say, and I know I've said some of this, this before. She did not say, the big man has leprosy. Another finger fell off today. That's great. She doesn't say, I know who could heal him, but doesn't tell him. She doesn't say, I'm going to let him die. I'm going to have satisfaction in that. Her response is she goes and chats to her mistress and she says, If only my master were were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of this leprosy. What an attitude. There's there's a, a, a compassion and a love which is born in her heart because she knows her God. She knows her God is a God who forgives. She knows a God who is compassionate and kind. And when we come to him, we, are, we can be healed and we can find life in him. This kind of, it doesn't say that she forgave uh, Naaman. You can't read that in the text. But the implication is she must have. Must have. My English teacher just helping me out there, and sometimes forgiveness is costly. sometimes you, you, you have to forgive in, in a situation which is not not good, and, and she didn't we don 't see any release here we don 't see her at the end. Uh, being uh, not a not a slave or servant, I'm I'm I'm, I'm hoping if we could read, the, maybe one day we'll get to heaven. We can ask the the story. What happened to this little girl? So sometimes for forgiveness can cost us a lot. If I lend uh, a under fifty rand, or maybe let's make it a bit more. Under I'm going to give you a hundred rand. Uh, you you want that? You you're asking for money, so. I hope I've got a hundred rand after all that. <laughs> I do have, you're lucky. That's it, for the, for, that's for the, for the camp. Now, now what happens between uh, now and, and Friday, Ayanda loses the hundred rand. And he comes back to me and says, I've lost your hundred rand. That's quite easy, I can forgive him for that and I can give him another hundred rand. Don't try that one though. but I know Yandu's got his driver's license. And if I lent him my car, and uh, he was driving down the road and went down the uh, uh, no entry sign and and crashed into the car and my car was written off, it's going to be a little bit more challenging to forgive because it's, because it's a little bit more costly. Think of what this Young girl had been through. Think of what the pain she had gone through. And she could not not forgive. She could not keep the secret to herself that there was a healer who could heal her. She couldn't hold it to herself. She wanted to share the good news. We have good news. We have the best news. We have hope for this nation. It was wonderful, last night we went to a, a function at uh, Inside Church in which uh, Apostle Orundo, or some, something like that was, was, was talking. And we sat at a table and there was a guy, what's his name, Russell, you'll know Russell Curtis was sitting at a table. He's an architect and he spoke at one of uh, Julia's events. But in terms of just some of the things that he said. About Durban and about the, the, the nation of Durban, the, the town of Durban, the city of Durban, invest in, of investing in, in Durban. And there's a whole new few things up in the pipeline, and they're investing billions. The return on your investment what is that? A return on ROI, in terms of property. He quoted a figure that we were number 26, the 26th best city in the world. That surprises everyone, yeah. Surprised me. On investment. Yeah, on, on residential property. I think it was that. How did I get there? I got a little bit sidetracked. Let me come back. But, I, I, you know, it was just, sometimes we go to things and it's all negative. They're all no hope. And this, this, this guy was preaching and, teach, and, and asking questions and answers. And, and, he, and his story was amazing. He was a Nigerian. And he, got, uh, he was doing a mission in northern, uh, northern uh, Nigeria. And he got shot through the eye. And he was laying, lying on the uh, operating table being operated on. And there was this lady operating on, on him. And... Uh, she couldn't get a pulse. The pulse was, was gone. And... It, it, in the in the in that thing he, he woke up and he says, Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm gonna live. The Lord has got a call. I've got a call on my life and I am going to live. And then the pulse came and well obviously the pulse came as he was talking, but then the operation happened and he was and he now heads a, heads a church up in Namibia. He planted a church. In the squatter camps. And, we, and, and life has changed in that squatter camp. 20 years in that squatter camp. So I was really encouraged. I've, I came away from that evening full of hope. Full of hope that when Jesus comes into Stockville, Joe and Zolani and uh, Sham and Asina... And all the people who live down in Stockville. Shaman and Sina were saying the other day, there's been a turn. There's been a turn. There's been a little little bit of a change in Stockville. There's a bit of life. There's Jesus is coming. And Jesus is making a difference. And so we declare that over Stockville, over that valley. We ask, Lord, that you would bless the people who live in Stockville with a, a, a hunger and a thirst for Jesus. That they would encounter Jesus, and their lives would be changed. and that's the God that we serve, and, then we, and we're going down there, and we're making a difference. So pray for Zelani and Joe and the, and the teams as they go down into the valley.) <laughs> You were wronged. Anybody here have been wronged? Wronged. <laughs> I think like that's probably one of the... Uh, I should have every probably hand up there. Somebody who's despitefully used you, criticized you, uh, called you some uh, expletives or whatever, or wronged you, or... Um, yeah. <laughs> If you are wronged and you refuse to forgive, what does it do to you? Might be satisfying in the in the in the, and and you get a little bit of anger going, and you want to turn and talk to people, and you want to tell them about how what Zelani said about me, and and then you go and talk to a whole lot of people, and wildfires start start gathering, and and it's uh, you you might think that's a good thing, but it's not. When you are wronged. What do you have to do? You have to forgive. You have to forgive. We have to be a people who forgive. If you have a look at this young girl, that's what she did. She became a useful person because she, didn't for, she, did it because she forgave. Because she uh, had compassion where she shouldn't be. So she became like, really useful. She became useful to, to Naaman. He was saved, Naaman was saved, because he had a suffering servant in his life. He had a servant, although he had wronged, she forgave him, she bore the cost, and he believed her, and that is why he is saved. You and I have a similar servant, we have a suffering servant, and his name is Jesus. That's what we've been declaring this morning. All the songs are about the name of Jesus. That's the only name in which we can be saved. He was also separated from his father. He came down to earth. What did the human race do to him? They beat him. They hung him on a cross. They rejected him, they tortured him. As he was dying, as he was dying, what did he say? He said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. He doesn't pay us back. He didn't come to condemn. He came to save you and I. And that is exciting news. You and I have been saved by the work that Jesus did on the cross. So forgiveness flows from the cross. And we have to come to the foot of the cross and repent and ask God to forgive us. And then move on and move into the world and be a forgiving people. When they see how we forgive then the world will know when, we see how much we, when they see how much we love each other and forgiveness flows out of love, out of love for each other. What does it say in 1 Corinthians 13? It says, love doesn't keep a record of any wrongs, doesn't keep a record of any wrongs. So let's go to our little notebooks where we've kept records of people who have wronged, who have wronged us and let's forgive them. We are meant to be a people who forgive, a people who flow in this thing as we, as we experience forgiveness. Stephen. What's happened to Stephen? Let me read from the, from the Scriptures. Acts chapter 7. We know the story, I'm sure. But just... Let it... Let it speak to you. Verse... 45. Is it, I've got the wrong verse. Oh, no. Stephen's speech. Stephen's speech. Stephen's speech. Sorry. What number? 59. The stoning of Stephen. It was 54... Now when they heard these things, they were enraged, and they ground their teeth at him. Let's do a bit of grinding of teeth. They ground, they got angry with him. But he, full of what? Full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. And he said, Behold, I see heavens open and the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of God. But they cried out with, loud, with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed at him. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned, stoned him. And the witness laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord, receive my spirit. And falling into... Falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And as he said that, he fell asleep. Forgiveness can cost you your life. It did for, for but he had seen, he had seen Jesus die on the cross for him. He had seen and heard the words that Jesus declared, you are, you are forgiven, I do not hold this against you. And Stephen did the same. And so we are called to, to forgive. I think as I look at uh, uh, the discipleship course, the Zoe discipleship course, the first couple of blocks. The first one is repentance and then the second one is forgiveness. And the, those are keys on which we build our faith of, of, of repenting and forgiving. And so I'm looking with great excitement to go through the course. So this, Naaman, was, Naaman found God because of this wonderful girl. Here we see that how the Lord always has his messengers of the word. When there is a person whose heart has been prepared, God always sends his messengers. Here God's messengers begin with a little captive girl. In fact, by his matchless grace, God worked through the unrighteous deeds of Naaman's own army to bring this little slave girl into his own home to be the instrument of God's love. But what kind of messenger does God use? He uses those who are available. Are you available for the message of grace? Are you available for the message of good news? Are you available to be a forgiving person? Here was a small, humble, obedient, insignificant little girl living in dire circumstances. But with the Romans 828 mentality. What does Romans 8:28 says, and many of us know this and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose, for those who he foreknew he predestined to be conformed into the image of his son. Though small, weak, and insignificant, this little little girl knew of God who was big. She knew an omnipotent God. She knew a sovereign God who had the universe in his hands, had had Naaman's life in in, in his hands. And she was willing to point that out to an enemy. And God wants to use you and me. All throughout Scripture just about, he always uses the Gideons, the one who feel that they're inadequate, who feel that, what have I to share? I'm a stutterer. I, uh, even, even David, even the mighty man David, when they, they didn't even think to bring him to be judged or whether he was fit to be the king. Because he was insignificant, he was little, he was... Yeah, he, he was... And, and God uses... The you and I's. The fact that I'm standing up to you today is only by the grace of God. Only by the mercy of God and, and, and the love of God. And He wants to use all of us. All of us. The, the disciples who He chose. We're just fishermen. Tax collectors. Just ordinary folk. And yet he trained them up. They were his disciples and they became disciples of others and and that's the, the journey that we are on. That we are going to impact people's lives. Because it's exciting. Because we carry something incredibly special. The Holy Spirit lives in us. So Lord we thank you. We thank you for today. We thank you Lord that all of us are called. We are all called to be witnesses of you. Wherever we are. Whether it's in the shop. At work. On the roads. While we're watching rugby. On the tennis court. We all call to be witnesses to you. We call to portray you and we thank you Lord that you have chosen us and we rejoice in that and we ask Lord that we would walk in that, that you have given us this amazing task, you have given us words that command us to go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey everything that you have said. And so we thank you, Lord, that you didn't leave us alone. You sent us the Holy Spirit. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would would show us more of Jesus each day. And that we would shine for you and be lights in this world. Amen.